hope you're tucked in. Cause you are now in bed with Dr. Sue. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of In Bed with Dr. Sue, the podcast. I'm always really excited when I can get people who participate in the more obscure fetishes to share them with you guys. After all, that's the whole basis of why I do this show, to demystify this world of alternative sex. But it's understandably difficult to go public, even anonymously, about your kinks. So I'm very pleased to be able to bring you two amazing interviews on this show about adult babies. This particular fetish has a lot of negative publicity surrounding it, not unlike many unusual sexual practices. Adult babies are primarily portrayed in the media as ridiculous and even pedophilic. Luckily for you, my loyal listener, I have been able to bring you Kent. Kent is not only an adult baby, but also considers himself a cross-dresser and sissy. Now, I know even you are sitting there prejudging what Kent is going to sound and act like. Will he show up as his baby persona? What kind of a freak voluntarily puts on a diaper and then soils it? Isn't that what most of us dread will be our demise as we age? Losing our dignity and having to return to an infantile state? My God, you can even feel the humiliation now. Having a total stranger change you, feed you, bathe you. But what if I told you that this could also be a very freeing experience? Now, yeah, I know, there's a distinct difference between having the deterioration of the human body thrust at you and having the free will to choose to behave as an adult baby. But maybe, maybe it's all just perception. Maybe we could take the fear out of this happening to us as we age and embrace what adult babies already do. The freedom of returning to a state when we were taken care of instead of always being the caregiver and provider. And let's not forget there are many female adult babies, too. But I'll bet, in some crevice in your mind, this doesn't seem quite so bad. Why? Because we're used to girls being submissive and the word daddy being used in pop culture all over the place? We refer to grown women as baby girl and even perpetuate the little girl stereotype. I mean, hello, just look at Ariana Grande's image. Look at the classic lingerie costume of the naughty schoolgirl. Somewhere in our minds, we've reconciled that it's okay for women to be innocent, but not men. And what about the people who cater to this type of fetish? I've heard it said over and over that they must be sick. They're just stifled pedophiles. I actually heard someone say that the mommies and daddies who indulge in this are just pedophiles who don't have the guts to own their illness and play with adults just to make themselves feel better. I didn't know where to begin to dissect that statement, but if it were true, and it isn't, wouldn't that be better than owning it and assaulting a child? Pedophilia couldn't be farther from the truth, as you'll find out shortly in my interview with Mommy Emma a lovely psychotherapist who indulges her nurturing side as a mommy to adult babies. Sounds like a win-win to me. I mean, does it really matter if your accountant goes home and chills in a onesie while sucking on a bottle if he does an amazing job? And is that so different from you hopping into a pair of jammies and grabbing a beer? Open your mind and listen to the incredibly wise words of an intelligent, articulate, successful businessman who just happens to wear diapers when he goes home. 
This is Kent. We're very lucky to have with us today, Kent. And Kent is here because obviously this show is on adult babies. And you'll find that Kent has also several other things that he enjoys as well. So thank you, Kent, for being here. My pleasure. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. How old are you? Um, I'm in my early 50s. So mm-hmm. I am an established professional in the upper northwest or north central area of the United States. Um, I have a great career in healthcare, and uh, have a great place to live and great friends and uh, a great life here. When did you get into the whole idea of wearing diapers and playing that up? Because actually, tell us a bit more about your, your fetish background. Well, I don't ever remember not being into cross-dressing and dressing like a girl and liking girl clothes. I've always liked girl clothes. So that side of me, I think, has always been a part of who I am for my entire life. I, I'm not gay. I'm not uh, anti-gay, but I'm, it's just not, not my thing. I just happen to think that uh, women's clothes are a lot more fun than men's clothes and have always really enjoyed cross-dressing and the whole idea of being transgendered. So do you, when you were a kid, do you find it like when you were really little, were you running into your mom's closet and throwing things on? Uh, yeah, I've been, I was stealing my mother's pantyhose from the time I can ever remember and wearing my sister's dresses and just, yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> and did your family notice this or is it something that you kept hid? I had to keep them hidden, but my family ran across several, I was caught on several instances with pantyhose and dresses and girl clothes and uh, I came from a very conservative background where that kind of thing was frowned on. So they really tried to put a damper on any of the cross-dressing transgender issues that I was dealing with. It was very difficult. It must have been. I mean, you've got you, you have no family support at this point, right? None whatsoever. No. Do you have it now? No, no. We we don't even wow. keep in touch. No. <sighs> That's a shame. I'm sorry to hear that. Kim. It's you know, life isn't always fair. No, but I'm glad to see that you opted not to repress it. Right. I figure, you know, if I'm going to be happy in my own skin and I'm going to be happy with who I am, I have to be accepting of who I am, even if others aren't. Very good. Wow. That's like, that's really good. That was really well said. (laughs) (laughs) That's really good. So, okay. How do you get, there's a huge difference between someone who cross dresses and someone who enjoys being an infant or wearing pampers. How do you make that transition? Um, it, for the longest time I, I've been a cross dresser, just, I, I love dressing up like a girl. Uh, and then I would say in the, about the early to mid nineties, uh, this idea of putting a diaper on for some reason became an attractive aspect of being at home and being in my private space wearing diapers. But is it something that you tripped over on the internet or like, cause it's not like, people don't just sit there and go, well, I think I'll wear a diaper today. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I get the fact that you like cross-dressing. There's tons of people who love cross-dressing and, and because the clothes are different, they feel different. Right. But it, to me, that's a big jump to go from cross-dressing to, gee, I think I'll throw a pair of diapers on. How did you make that leap? It, that is, I think, Doctor, that's exactly what happened to me. There was, uh, I, I was working one fall and I was literally sitting in my apartment and for some reason it dawned on me that I would go down to the local Walgreens and buy a bag of diapers. And I did exactly that. I don't know that I've ever turned back. 
I'm not because wow. at the time the internet was very new. I mean, 1995 right. was the year of the internet, and I think you know in 92, 93 was when it really started to become more and more used, and it was very much in its infancy. And I don't know if I heard any, something on the radio or if it was just a passing comment made by someone who's into a fetish lifestyle, but I literally a, a light bulb went off or on and. I started wearing diapers. Yes. That is so that is so interesting because it's so random. Most people will go, "Oh, well, I tripped over something, looked at it and the light went on." Yeah, I, but it, it must have been something subconscious. It must have been or something very covert that crept into my subconscious that then prompted me. And you know, now that I'm talking to you and now that I think about this, there were times in my youth where I would sneak into the baby's room, a baby's room. You know, whether we were over a friend's house or I would fashion a diaper from a towel and wear a diaper. So I guess now that I think about this, you know, it's interesting. You've prompted all these memories to come back. I don't I don't know <laughs> That's that, my job. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever remembered not wanting to wear a diaper. Isn't that interesting? So, OK, but you said you creep into your friend's baby's rooms. Let's let's clarify that, that you're not. No, right. You're not doing anything oh weird to the baby. You're just going when you mean, OK, so you go into the room. Is it the smell of the room? Like, what is it? Yeah, it's the it's the attraction of the diaper and the powder and just being being helpless, being secure, mm-hmm. being safe, being taken care of, being nurtured, being nurtured. Right. Exactly. And I, I so you would fashion things out of like towels. So you would go to your friend's house, go into the baby's room, really like the smell and whatever and what, go get a towel and then put it on while you're still at your friend's or house? Or go take a diaper out of the baby's room and steal it. And go put it on? Right, right, in the bathroom. Oh, right. Okay. Right. And I, I, as a matter of fact, I remember many times when I would take diapers and actually have them under my jeans or under my pants and nobody would know. Now, I've, I've spoken to a lot of gentlemen who... Like I said, it comes down to one of the senses or maybe a couple of them. And for a lot of men, they're very particular as far as, well, I don't like, say, pampers. I don't like the the disposables. I would rather have cloth. Right. Does it get that specific for you? There are specific brands that I buy, yes. And I think there is, because it is a garment that you wear, Mm-hmm. It's very much like buying the right shirt that fits or the right pants or the right underwear or the right socks. You have to find, I think, a diaper that fits you, that you like, that doesn't leak. That. So are you using adult diapers? Yes. Yes, okay. I am. Yes. So you're using like a Depends kind of a thing. Yeah, although I wear what's what's called Abriform, which is a European-made diaper, and I also wear a TENS adult diapers. Ah, okay. Since the advent of those... Adult babies must be like just, oh, this is so much easier, right? Oh, my right? gosh. You would not believe. Because in the early days when Depends were out, the Depends and Attends, they were very unreliable. I mean, the inner padding would bunch up. Uh, the tapes mm-hmm. wouldn't hold. They would leak. They were uncomfortable. And I think over the years, they've evolved into a much better product. So do you do you ever wear a cloth diaper with a rubber pant? I do, um, but I found that 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 has a tendency to give me more of a rash. Ah, And disposables, I found, are much more reliable or much more comfortable. Well, they're wicking the moisture away. Right. Because what people, okay, so let's, let's get into that. What people don't understand is it's not just sitting in the diaper. Are you urinating and defecating? Yes, yes. 
Okay. What is the attraction in that? You know, it's not having to be responsible to get up and go to the bathroom. It's just one of those things that I think accompanies the feeling of being in a diaper that if you're going to be in a diaper, you might as well use the diaper for its intended purpose. And that's me. I know a lot of diaper lovers who just like having a diaper on, but don't don't use them. Well, untape them, go to the toilet, and then tape them back on. Mm-hmm. And don't really like to use them. I'm I I'm one who I really enjoy going to the bathroom in my diapers. Okay, so now you've soiled your diaper. Mm-hmm. My point in this is you're not going to get unless you have a mommy. You're not going to get the exact same feeling of being changed when you're having to change yourself. Right. Uh, But changing a diaper is is as much of a thrill or as much of, I'll say, an erotic experience as having one on. So this is a sexual thing to you? It is partly a sexual thing, yes, in addition to a fetish thing, in addition to uh, a nurturing thing, yes. Where, Where does the sexual excitement come from? having it on having the diaper on around your um your sensitive parts so it's the feel of it rubbing against you because it's soft and okay so when you clean up are you cleaning up in a bathroom are you cleaning up lying on the bed and doing the powder and the whole bit or how is it that you do it i actually kneel on the bed and i have a, a diaper changing station i have a diaper changing pad so that i'm not getting you know powder all over the bed and i'm not getting the used diaper residue on and anything clean i'm I'm a clean person so mm-hmm. i'm using baby wipes and then i'm cleaning up the the groin area and making sure that i'm thoroughly clean and then putting a diaper back on a dry diaper so i think when i'm coming from a vanilla standpoint i'm coming from a listener who has no idea about any of this that to me seems like it's a lot of work it can where be. is the thrill in that it can be the thrill is just being in the diaper and waddling around and being at home and enjoying the fact that you're you're not wearing adult clothes. So okay, I, I guess what about this is the problem is I'm trying to get this out in the sense of I've talked to a lot of adult babies, so I'm trying and every single person as I've told everybody, it doesn't matter what the fetish is, you can line fifty people up in front of you who have a particular fetish, and every single one of them will have their own unique identity about it. And for a lot of people, it has to do with, because I know guys who will take diapers to bed with them and sleep with them on their pillow because they want the feeling of the softness on their face and they want the smell. And that's using a child's diaper. Oh, okay. So because they like that. Do you know how they, an adult diaper isn't obviously going to have the same smell as an infant diaper. Yeah, a baby. Because they smell more baby and they like that baby sound. And that's a wonderful smell. smell. That's a great, I love the smell of baby diapers. But you're not getting that. No, but using baby powder in your diaper and then mm-hmm. and then wetting your diaper, you do get some of the smell. Okay. And I actually I sleep in diapers every night. I I've not 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 had a diaper on in many many years. Do you wear them to work? No, I do not. I know some people who do, but my job, my profession, my career, I I keep very strict rules about not mixing the two because when I'm at work and when I'm at the office, I need to be at work and focusing on my, my job and what I need to be, be doing. And to me, just for me, it's, it's superstition and it's, to me, it's bad luck to mix the two. 
so I don't do it. I make that rule mentally. And I don't. That's really, but that's good because that gives you your boundaries and it means that you're safe and you feel safe and secure doing what you're doing. Right. I I would not want to, I would, I I don't know. I I guess I would not want to be out at the office or out driving my car and have an emergency situation where, you know, all of a sudden I would have to remove my clothing if I got hurt or, or EMTs have to do it right. or, and they discover the diaper right. and yeah. And I'll just let you know, I work in healthcare, so I'm surrounded by doctors and nurses all day. So mm-hmm. it just, to me, um, I, I just want to maintain a serious approach to what I do and how I do it and who I'm working with. And it's out of respect and deference to where I work and who I work with. Mm-hmm. No, I think, I think that's absolutely brilliant. You have to have those boundaries. Otherwise, if things blur, then you start. I think, I think when you blur the two, you, it also makes you come off creepy. I yeah, I just think that you there are tendencies where you would make subliminal slips, mm-hmm. and it becomes too risky. You're introducing unnecessary risks into your professional life, and that doesn't make any sense to me. What about? I'm just thinking. Some guys enjoy actually being the baby. In other words, I talk to several gentlemen who have, even in their discussions with me, will revert back to an infant state. Do you do that? Doctor, I'll just fill you in that all men are babies. Oh, we know that. We are babies. <laughs> we want Cal Surprise. We want to be held. We want to be nurtured. We want to be hugged, kissed, taken care of. We want to be nurtured, and we want our diapers changed. <laughs> whether they want to admit it or not right you know even the strongest of men i have found i've run across guys who look and come across as the strongest burliest mm-hmm. heavy set guy with beards and underneath they've got a pair of pantyhose and pants on and panties oh yeah and it is just you know that's just part of who they are and i think they're the kind of people who are accepting of who they are those who deny that they don't want to be nurtured don't want to be held i think are lying to themselves Do you ever revert back to that state? In other words, when you are sitting in your diaper and you're home alone, are you reverting back to an infant state? Yes, yes. I have a pacifier. I have bonnets. I have onesies. I have booties. Um, Yeah, I have baby clothes that look like I'm I'm actually sitting in a baby, in baby clothes right now as we speak. Oh, describe them to us. We want to know what you're wearing. I have a purple rumba on, which is a frilly diaper cover over my over my diapers. Mm-hmm. And I have a pink top, which is just a baby pink, actually a mock neck turtle sh- turtleneck shirt that's long sleeves. It keeps me warm just because it's mm-hmm. very comfortable. And I have mock baby shoes that were made in Europe that I have shipped. And it's amazing how much apparel is now available on the internet. And you can buy things that are made to fit folks that are, you know, my size, adult size, that look like mm-hmm. baby wear. So I have baby socks on and baby shoes and and my pampers and then my rumba pants over that and then a pink top. And I think I look pretty cute. And yet you're having this conversation with me and, you know, there's no there's no transition into being an infant. Um, No, no, not not with you, only because um, I, I don't know you and. Mm-hmm. Frankly, I'm I'm also someone who's comfortable in their own skin. I mean, I can have this conversation and, and come across as being normal and professional, but still be clothed in infantile wear. 
See, that's awesome. And, and this is the thing I want you guys to kind of understand and why you know that I bring you this show is it doesn't matter. There's nothing wrong with Kent. I'm quite sure being in the healthcare industry, you, your mother had you tested and you're not crazy, right? She had me tested. She thought I was crazy. And I think <laughs> I've proven her wrong. Only because I have a great life, I have a stable career, and I have great friends. And great now, do your friends know? I have several friends that I have shared this with. And how, what was their reaction? Um, they're still my friends. That's awesome. And so if, you know, I, I don't think I would share them with people who otherwise wouldn't understand that. Mm. And if if you can't share those things with people and you're not comfortable doing that, doing that then I question whether or not they're really your friends. Oh, absolutely. Because the other thing is you shouldn't have to convince anybody it's not your job. Right. If I were to, like I have a girlfriend who I see on an irregular basis. She also has a life. We we get together very frequently. And I've, I've told her that I, I wear diapers and she doesn't care. Just to, Does she mommy you ever? No, no, nor would I ever. So ask. even that, you've separated that from from the infant. It, yeah. What is it? Infantilism? Infantilism, it? right. Infantilism, Correct. Yeah. And, and sissification is the other part of my fetish. So as we talked earlier about my cross-dressing, mm-hmm. um, I'm unique in that I combine the cross-dressing with the diaper fetish. And what I what I refer to myself as is a, as a sissy. And so there's mm-hmm. sissification, which is the expression of both infantilism and being a little girl. And so... Um, no. And so to answer your question, no, I, I would not ask her to mommy me unless she expressed an interest. But do you think that's because you want to keep them separate or because you, you know what I mean? It's like, why wouldn't you want someone that you love and care about to nurture you as the infant? I respect other people's personal boundaries. Oh, so she's just, is it that she's not down with it? She just, she's like, okay, it's okay. You do it, but I don't want to know about it. Um, I guess I'm a little cautious of, of how I approach other people with this. Unless people are outwardly appreciative or understanding of the fetish, I don't tend to bring it up and put throw it in people's faces kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If she were to say, you know, why don't you put a diaper on? I'd love to see you in one. I, I would put one on and I would say, well, why don't you pat my little diaper and why don't you take care of me and see what she said? But she hasn't expressed that interest. However, I have gone out to dinner with her and I've had worn diapers and I've I've told her that I've had accidents in my pants. While you were out, you actually said that to her. I just I just had an accident in my pants. Yep. Yes. What did what was her reaction? She said, that? "Well, I hope you have a diaper on, don't you?" And I said, "Well, yes, of course I do." She said, "Oh, good." And that's it. And that's it. And that was the end of it. Isn't that interesting? So she's like She's down with it. It's okay. Go ahead. Do whatever you want. She's just not really feeding into it. Right. It's just this, you know, let let Kent be Kent, and I'm going to be, you know, who I am, and, you know, I, I still love you. And we you. meet somewhere in the middle. Right. Exactly right. And I love That's you for awesome. who you are. It is awesome. She she is awesome. Yes. Now, do you ever use the services of a professional mommy? I actually have a mistress. Mm-hmm. So I have hired and in fact i had a session last night last night was my birthday happy birthday thank you and i had a master session last night with my mistress whose name is sharina nicole she's also on twitter she's wonderful she's very nurturing and she caters to all kinds of fetishes including things that i don't like like uh, caning and whipping and duct taping and mummification and uh, Mm -hmm. i just there are certain places i won't go i do those are I leave those to other people. 
Absolutely. But she does cater to cross-dressing and she does cater to diaper wearing. And last night um, I, I showed up dressed as a, as a woman and I was slowly converted into a baby. Isn't that nice? And did you get spanked for your birthday? I did. I turned 51 and I got 102 spankings. <gasps> hundred and two. Yes. Your little tushy must have been raw. It was pink, and I got I got spanked <laughs> by two beautiful women. Very nice. It, you got two. He invited one of her friends, Miss Erica, over to help her. Wow. Session. I was very. I was a very lucky sissy. You certainly were. Yes, I was. And does your girlfriend know that you that you use these services? No, ma'am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, there's always one little door that's closed, isn't there? <laughs> you know, I, I just think there are certain things you share with people because of your understanding and your ability to communicate. And there mm. are just certain things, places you don't go. And let's let everybody know, did you have sex with either of these women? Uh, no. I mean, sex in, in the formal sense where you have intercourse, no. Mm-hmm. No, but was there sexual release with you? Uh, there was an attempt, <laughs> <laughs> and there are just sometimes when I'm, I'm just not in a mental state to do that. And mm-hmm. last night happened to have been one of those times. And but there is a, a very sensual sexual experience. Of course, there is, and that and that's you know part and parcel of the whole thing. Right. And. I'm quite sure that that would be really pushing it with your girlfriend. And although, like I was just mentioning, she although you're not having intercourse in the traditional sense, there are some women who, if they were to hear that you did that, would consider it cheating because there is a sexual element to it. It's just that it's not intercourse. Yes, and I also have I, – I will not pay for sex. I've never purchased sex. I paid for her services to allow me to express – my desire to cross-dress and be a transvestite mm-hmm. and transgender, and I paid for her services to allow me to express my infantilism and my appreciation for diapers and wearing diapers. There was some spanking in there, bare-assed spanking, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know what, and we, when you're getting spanked by two beautiful women, I'm, I'm going to let them spank me. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> I, 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 have, I love women. I think women are you know, God's gift to the planet, you know, anytime I can get attention from women, I'm going to do it. Well, of course you will. You're not crazy. Right. You're not dead. <laughs> but there's a big difference between a mistress and a professional mommy, isn't there? There is. Yes. Um, Why not go to a pro mommy? Well, I haven't found one nearby who actually caters to specifically to adult babies, for one. Secondly, I've also found that as I've as I was looking for a mistress who allowed me to express my infantilism in my diaper lover, diaper love, uh, it gets very expensive. Mm-hmm. And it can be a very expensive indulgence. And just having to purchase the diapers and the supplies and the clothing in and of itself is a tremendous, can be a tremendous financial burden. So it's it's a non-trivial amount of money. And then you compound that with hiring someone to act in a role mm-hmm. um, can get a little overwhelming for people. So I think that's part of what might hold people back as they look at, you know, what does it really take for me to indulge in a fetish, express myself, really appreciate everything that I would like to have and get out of it with the fact that you're, re- you're limited by your resources. Right. And that's just the reality of it. Not everyone can indulge in it and appreciate it to the extent that I've been able to. Mm-hmm. I, I think people who 
are well-established in their career and their professions are able to do that because they're financially secure. Right. And that's part of what allows you to then be personally secure. Yeah, well, it frees up. That's one whole section of your life that you can kind of move to one side in order to indulge something like this. Right, exactly. Where people who are younger, who are just establishing themselves professionally, don't have the resources, are typically surrounded by people who don't always understand their fetishes. And and I think those are the people that, you know, if you have listeners who who are bordering on whether or not they should allow themselves to express their fetishes, they should. They should go ahead and do it to the best of their ability and not let other people's opinions get in the way of appreciating who they really are. Well, and you say that you are transgender and yet you're in a relationship with a woman. That's going to confuse people. Correct. I'm a, I'm heterosexual. Um, mm-hmm. She does not know that I'm a cross-dresser, even though she does know about the diapers. Ah, so you kept the cross-dressing from her. Yes, I have. Why? It hasn't come up. Mm. And again, you know, this is one where I I create boundaries around my lifestyle, around certain things within my life. And that's one thing, one place I don't want to go with her just yet. I'm not being deceptive. And but at the same. Are you ashamed? I'm not sure how she would be, how accepting she would be. So it's more a chance of losing her. Correct. And I'm okay. risking losing her by not being open and honest. So there's a double-edged sword at play. There is, because you you're, you have this relationship that is technically based on a bit of a lie. Or um, not telling the entire truth. Right. So I haven't, I haven't lied. Omission's still lying. <laughs> it, 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 well, okay. If, if, if lie by omission is, is one definition. That's right. <laughs> I, I would offer that it's um, not being fully forthcoming and transparent. Mm-hmm. Uh, lying to me if it would be if she were to ask me, okay, Ken, are you a crossdresser? And I said, no, that would be a mm-hmm. lie. But if she were to ask me, Ken, are you a crossdresser? Do you wear do you wear dresses and pantyhose and high heels? I would say, well, yes, I do. As a matter of fact, I would be honest with her. Mm-hmm. But I don't think she really wants to know. It's more than possible because she doesn't – she's not inquiring about the whole adult baby thing. So she's probably just like, you know, I'm cool with it. He can do whatever he wants. I just don't want to know about it. That's – I kind of think – tend to think that. And she does other things like that with other parts of her life. Mm-hmm. She has other friends in her life where other friends of hers have other issues around uh, – oh, um the way they treat their children or some of the types of clothes they like to wear. And she expressly says, you know what? I don't, I don't really want to know about it. If that's the interaction you want to have with other people or that's the indulgences you want to have, that's your business. Well, that's, I mean, at least she's being fair and, and, and open in the sense of, you know what? I don't care what you do. I, I'm just personally don't want to know about it because I'm not down with it. I, I think so. And that's her. and I think it takes balls to be that way. It really does, and and not to cave to societal pressure of you know oh well you, I can't be around you. I think that's part of why we get along. Is is because we don't cave. We're both comfortable in our own skin, and we're mature to the extent that it's like you know what this is who I am. Take it or leave it. <laughs> if if you can't accept who I am, then really I don't want to spend time around you anyway. Ah, to a point though. Yeah, I think the both of us find a, a lot of solace in each other's company. 
Mm-hmm. And so we nurture each other. We communicate very well. We have differing points of view on a lot of things, but when it comes down to our ability to meet in the middle, we're able to do that. That's awesome. I, and you're very, very lucky. Extremely lucky. I am a very lucky person in many respects. And it's wonderful that you get that. Yes, and I think that's important for anybody who has the ability to express themselves in a fetish is to realize, you know what, not everybody has the ability to do this and not everybody feels comfortable or surrounded by people who are accepting or have the resources to be able to do it. So if and Mm -hmm. when you have the opportunity, you take advantage of it, but you'd be very thankful that you're allowed and you're, you're given the opportunity. What would you say to anyone out there who's feeling really ashamed by having thoughts and feelings about being an adult baby? The only people who are ashamed of being a baby are are the fact that you are surrounded by people who are making you feel that way. And that if you're made to feel that way by other people, I would ask you to look at the people who you are spending time with and ask yourself if they're really worth you, who you are. Are they allowing you to be who you are, and are they allowing you to express your true self? Because if they're not, do you really value the relationships? But part of that's coming from the fact that you, like myself, we're older, we've been through more, we have more wisdom. But for a young person to go, like for me, it's easy to write off certain people in my family because they're crazy. Oh, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, it's like, right. it's okay. it doesn't bother me. But when you're younger, to go, okay, well, I'm just going to drop all these people out of my life because they don't get me, that's a, that's a scary and hard thing to do. It is, but I think it's also even even riskier to keep them in your life and allow them to denigrate who you really are as a person. Well, they break you down. Right, they do. And they destroy your sense of self-worth. Chip by chip. Yep, exactly right. And it's not worth it. It's it's actually um, one of the most debilitating situations anybody can find themselves in. So I would offer make the clean break because as you, if you surround yourself with people who don't appreciate who you are, then you're really doing yourself more damage than you could ever possibly know. And it comes back to haunt you in many ways later in life. And remember that just because they're your family doesn't – you never signed a contract to love them. That's right. You really didn't. And that's that was one that I had to learn. It was one that, you know, it was actually had to be pointed out to me because you automatically go, well, it's my mother. I have to love my mother. I have to love my father. And it's like, actually, no, you don't. No, you don't. I mean, if they're being really nasty to you or being inflexible with the way that you want to live your life, you don't have to go down that road if you don't want to. It's okay. It's okay to drop certain family members if they're toxic because you don't want toxic people in your life and toxic people are the ones that don't allow you to be you. They're poison. They poison you. And you're exactly right, doctor. I grew up in a household where I had an abusive mother. I grew up with an extremely abusive, emotionally, physically, verbally abusive mother and and I just absolutely refused to be around her despite what my other family members advocated as a requirement as mm-hmm. that I was required to be around her. And I turned to all of them one day and I said, no, I, I'm not obligated just by virtue of her role in my life and on this planet to spend time around abusive people. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for people who are feeling ashamed about expressing their infantilism or their um, 
desire to wear diapers or their desire to be a baby on occasion, there's absolutely no reason to be, none whatsoever. Who are you hurting? Name one person you're hurting. Right, exactly right. Like, honestly, and and, and that doesn't matter what fetish or what kink you might have, you know, and people go, well, you know, I like to be beaten. I'm being hurt. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Now you're getting down into semantics and we don't want to do that. I'm just saying if it's mentally breaking you or if it's physically breaking you, then it's, it's not worth going through. Right. And if you're, if you're stifling an aspect of your personality, it'll come out health wise, right? It will. That's right. In the, in, in the form of stress. That's right. Stress is one of the most detrimental things that we can experience as humans. How many people do you know who are very, very ill, who, for whatever reason, if you were to talk to them or if you stand back and really look at their life, it's usually because they're repressing something. That's all we do all our lives is repress things, and it's not good for you. And they put themselves in an environment that continues to perpetuate and foster the stressful aspects that continue to perpetuate their health issues. Mm -hmm. And they refuse to let it go because they feel like they're obligated to continue to exist in that environment. That's right. And none of us are obligated to live in an environment where we're not comfortable, we're not allowed to be who we are and appreciate, be appreciated for who we are. Very true. You said that so eloquently. Thank you. Well, is there anything that you want everybody to know? Yes. Go buy yourself some diapers and put them on (laughs) tomorrow. And try it just because like, you know what? You want to hear something really funny and it's probably going to be a TMI moment. But do you know that it took me till I was 51 to actually pee in the shower? <laughs> <laughs> now, I was like, I can't believe I did that. It's just something that never occurred to me. I had such a, you know, foo-foo upbringing with, you know, British background and you don't do things like that. That someone just said, well, don't you do that? And I went, no, I've never done that. And so I did it one day and went you know what, this really is kind of freeing. <laughs> and so I kind of get the point with the diaper. It's like, yeah, you know what, just let it fly. <laughs> some, people, some people are into the golden showers and, and you know, the, the urinating and the defecating on, mm-hmm. on other people. And that's a whole other fetish lifestyle that I'm sure you can reserve a spot for on your next show. Oh, you betcha. You betcha. <laughs> but I, I think diapers are wonderful. They're very comfortable, and they are just as freeing. So I would offer – I was going to say, there's a lot of freedom go t- involved go, in what you're doing. Go tape yourself in. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you, Kent, so much for being open and honest and letting everybody know about how you live your life. And thank you for being brave. My great pleasure, Doctor. Thanks for having me. And now, my interview with the lovely Mommy Emma. How long have you been a mommy? I've been a mommy for 22 years. And that's of adult babies? Yes. My, okay. my, my adult baby um, is, 21, is 21 years old. Well, yeah, you, then you have an adult baby. <laughs> <laughs> but you do. <laughs> and, and I would never dream of doing with him what I do with my adult babies so who call in. Well, and he doesn't have that need. People need to understand that this isn't something that someone just wakes up and goes, Oh, I think I'll be an adult baby today. This is something that's been with them for since childhood, usually. Since childhood, and those of us who mommy them would never dream of doing this with a real infant or child. We understand that we're meeting a psychosexual need that they have, and we don't have a psychosexual need to do this to children in real life. 
um, that would be child abuse, and we don't cross that line. But with someone who has, as an adult, a sexual need or an emotional need to play out the role of a baby, we're here to meet that need. What do you find most common? Do you find that it's sexual or mostly emotional? I find it about 50-50. Really? And, and I would have thought it would have been mostly emotional. I find that they're so entwined and interlinked that it's um, difficult to to pull them apart. Mm-hmm. When you are working now, do you work with adult babies in the physical realm? It's not just something you do on the phone, or do you work with them in settings? I just do it in, on the phone. Have you ever done a live Anything live with ki- with with kids, <laughs> with, with adults. No. <laughs> so, what do you find that they mostly call you for? What's the sexual element involved with adult babies? The sexual element is one of two things that I get that I get requested most often, and that they seem to be most gratified by, are intimacy with mommy, um, in nursing, and in some sort of infantilized sexual play and in being spanked so spanking comes into it quite a bit a lot of spanking which is challenging for me because I never spanked my child I don't believe it's helpful to children do you find that most of the people who are into this first of all what's your take on the sexes as far as do you find it's mostly men calling you mostly women calling you or a mix of both I've said so far only men calling me so only men isn't that interesting you would, because I know there's a lot of adult baby females, but I guess it, it goes hand in hand with, and people don't really understand that, when you look at the phone sex realm, you don't get a lot of calls from women because for some reason, women don't need it via the phone. If they're going to do it, they're going to do it physically. At least that's what I've found. That's what I think, too. We are less inclined to pick up a phone and do some sort of phone sex call as opposed to finding an actual mommy or daddy who are going to take care of us Mm -hmm. and they get the physical tactile sense of it. How difficult is it for you to nurture someone by phone? I find it very easy. Really? I would think it would be so hard because you haven't got that. You can't hug them and you can't rub their forehead and you can't. You basically all you can do is coo. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you coo and you talk. I feel nurturing toward them. That's not fantasy. You love your baby. I love my baby. I do. And I think that's what makes the call very gratifying, is that part of the call is genuine. I'm a nurturing person by nature, mm-hmm. deeply nurturing, and I think that's part of what makes me a successful phone mommy. And I think that it, it, that combined with you also have the psychotherapy background, mm-hmm. which, again, you're helping people. It's that whole femaleness of being able to nurture and help people and move them along and, and have them feel the things that they want to feel. Mm-hmm. What about the babies that call you and need to be changed? Because at the beginning of this interview, I'm was discussing um, with an adult baby his need to be changed and how he enjoys the diapering aspect of it. How do you do that through the phone? Well, we described the diaper changing process, and a lot of adult babies really do want to talk about and hear about their diapers and what their diaper feels like and what their diaper smells like, and it becomes very tactile and very olfactory. I just consider that 
I'm so glad I don't have to actually smell this and actually <laughs> see it. And um, we just go through the description as if it's really happening right now. And Do any of them actually change their diaper while they're talking to you? Absolutely, they do. They'll say, slow down, I'm still working on the on the diaper pin or the Velcro. So have you, do you find that for a lot of this, if we go into the psychosexual, psychotherapy aspect of it, that for a lot of these people, it has to do with a lack of nurturing when they were small? You know, I can theorize that that may be the case for some. Because mm-hmm. you know. every single person is different. Mm-hmm. Others, it's just, you know, I don't know why you are wired that way, but you're wired that way, so let's play. So play with it, accept it, embrace it, and enjoy it. And others, yeah, I do think that there's probably a, a, a deep a deep unmet need for nurture. But we're not So it could be, have you, like, have you noticed a trend or anything where perhaps either a mom was not nurturing or there was no mom? We rarely talk about that. Really? So you just immediately go into mommy-baby mode? There's no discussion as adults? Not very much, but I'm very careful to watch the boundary between therapy and phone play. In what way? Um, I Being a psychoanalyst myself, don't you want to just peel their brains away? And go, of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what they're paying me to do, and that's not what I'm licensed to do with them. Um so as much as I want to, I might probe a little bit in that direction. You try to leave it as fantasy as you possibly can? Sure. And if, if we did get into that kind of thing, I would probably recommend, recommend if they had a strong abandonment or rejection issues, that they go find a therapist that they can sit down face-to-face with and talk about it with. What do you think is, is the most misconceived. I mean, we've seen all the shows that they do on like TLC where they're showing adult babies. And in my opinion, all those shows tend to just not glamorize because that's not what it is. To me, it's more meant to degrade and laugh at, which I disagree with, obviously. But what is it that you think is the biggest misconception with adult babies? You know, back to that thought that somehow there's an element of pedophilia of attraction to children or weirdness. My callers aren't weird. They just happen to have a fetish that isn't socially acceptable. And that's what you're there to do is to help feed that need because if, let me tell you something, if Mommy Emma wasn't there, you would, or or services such as hers, you have imbalanced people. And I think that's something that I really want everybody to understand is allowing that side to come out even for 15, 20 minutes, half an hour helps to balance you. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with it. And I think we just, we're so easy to pick and judge and, oh, that person's weird. I mean, it gets done even within the fetish community. Well, it's okay to be this, but it's not okay to be that. And that's got to be very, very hard on anyone who has something that's different. And I think we all do. And I think that's why I enjoy the work so much, because I get to be a safe place for somebody who has that difference that the rest of our culture vilifies. Mm-hmm. That, that makes me feel good. You know, I'm, I'm a whole lot more worried about a lot of other people who seem normal. I guess I'm a lot more worried about politicians than I am a guy who's wearing a diaper. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
It's yeah, you got to worry more about the ones that are walking around quote unquote normal. Yes. Than you do anybody. I would I like this is this is what people don't understand is when you immerse yourself into the fetish world, everybody's just so normal. It's not what you guys think. Nobody's running around as serial killers. Your serial killers are like your politicians. <laughs> I would much rather deal with an adult baby than I would someone who's pretending to be normal. Right. And these people are not. Everyone would go, oh, yeah, well, there's something, there's something wrong with them mentally. What? What could possibly be wrong with them? Why? Because they want to be nurtured? Right. They want to be breastfed? I mean, well, that's just because they have a breast fetish. Yes and no. Right. I would ask people who say that, when you are pleasuring yourself, what is your deepest, darkest fantasy? How normal is it? And think about that fantasy before you point a finger. Mm-hmm. You know, but the point is, if you have a safe outlet to express it, which is what you do, mm-hmm. I think it's going to make them, like I said, a more rounded, more healthy person. It does. And it lets them feel like they're okay. Because they are. Long and the short of it is, they're fine. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with them. I do the, I do the odd adult baby work, very, very little. Certainly not as much as you're doing. But I know exactly what you're talking about. These people are, they're actually very sweet. And usually they're very, very stressed out because they're running their regular lives just to the nth degree. And this is such a wonderful way for them to escape and fall into that fantasy. And what is the difference between them doing that and, you know, you sitting and falling into your own fantasy, whatever it may be? It relaxes you. It's good for you. Now, do you think it's extreme for an adult to carry that into the point of buying adult baby furniture, adult baby clothes, like going to the nth degree and actually really submerging yourself into it? Do you think that's normal? I don't know why not. If you spend every evening after you get home from work pouring yourself a drink or having a couple over friends over for drinks and you eventually turn part of your home into a bar which many of us have mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing exactly you know, so is there anything that you that bothers you about how the whole adult baby realm is portrayed other than obviously what we've covered which is the pedophilia aspect you know, I think just the idea that it's too weird to understand, but I feel that way about most unusual fetishes. Do you feel that way about, like, that? that's what I mean, do you feel that way about other fetishes? Do you feel like, oh, that's just too weird for me? I don't feel that way, but whenever mm-hmm. people look at anything that's outside their ordinary comfort zone and say that's just too weird, so there has to be something wrong with it, is an attitude that I have a difficult time with. So you don't see anything wrong in someone coming home from work and putting on a onesie and putting on a diaper and, you know, sitting with their teddy bear or sucking on a pacifier, any of that? No. Would you encourage it? If it helps them to feel okay, yes, and it doesn't harm anyone else. So this is great for you because you get your nurturing side met Mm -hmm. and they get nurtured. They get nurtured. So it's sort of like being a mom forever. (laughs) It is. Is there anything else that you want to say to everybody? Well, if you want a mommy, call me. (laughs) No, for sure. Yeah, let everybody, absolutely. How do people get in touch with you? 
they can go to phonesexabdl.com. They can email me at emma at mommyemma.com. Now, mommyemma.com doesn't exist as a website yet, though it will soon. They can find my banner on the links at The Daily Diaper, a forum for adult babies, and most adult babies who surf the Internet probably know that forum and board very well. So any of these ways they can get in touch with you, and then obviously they can give you a call or give you an email and let you, you know, talk it over and see what it is that they like and what you like and make sure that it's compatible. Have you ever run into anybody that you're just like, I am not going to deal with you? No. Mm-mm. See? So what does that say to you guys? To me, that says if she's never turned someone down because they're wacky, there's nobody wacky. No. They're all just sweet, loving human beings that want nurturing. That's right. Thank you very much for letting us know what it's like on this side. Well, thank you, Dr. Sue. Thank you so much for being with us, Emma. Obviously, you'll be able to go to the show page and all of the links to any way of getting in touch with Emma is going to be on the show page. So if you want to get in touch with her, you can do so just by going to inbedwithdrsue.com and look up this show. Thank you, Emma. Thank you. I want to thank both Mommy Emma and Kent for being on the show and being brave enough to discuss both what they do for a living and, in Kent's case, what he enjoys to do on his own. And to you, my listener, I want to say thank you for listening and learning. Adult babies may not be your thing. You might even be thinking it's downright weird. But at least now you're educated enough not to condemn it. You know that it's not some ridiculous pedophilic behavior. It's simply another form of escape. The same escape as those who love to feel pain, smoke a joint, or have a glass of wine. We all have our ways of blowing off steam. And I'd much rather see someone enjoy being a baby again than snort a line of coke. Remember, it's not yours to understand or approve of because it's not your journey. So until the next show, remember, support, uplift, and inspire the people around you. But most importantly, be happy. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.